Hello, and welcome back to Catching Up David. Tonight is episode 51, Coco. Hello, Kristen. Hello, David. Hello, Howie. Greetings, David. <laughs> and I'm hello, <done>. listeners. <laughs> uh, Coco is a 2017 American computer animated fantasy film directed by Lee Uncreech. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Do you know how to say his name? No. But it's not Uncreech. U N K R I C H. It could be Uncreech. Yeah. Uncreech. 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 Not that one. <laughs> but it might be. I don't think so. It's not denied. Who that can it's say? That. I mean, I'm denying it that it's that one. We need Uncreech. <laughs> Uncreek, sure. <laughs> if you're listening to this, please tell us how to pronounce your name. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. My name is also very difficult to pronounce. David. So. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, everyone says it just like that. Um, so it's directed by Mr. Uncreech and co-directed by Adrian Molina. It stars the voice talent of Anthony Gonzalez, Gal Garcia Bernal, Benjamin Bratt, Alana Ubach, Renee Victor, Ana Ophelia Murguia, and Edward James Olmos. I'm sorry if I pronounced any of those names badly too. But with its budget of nearly $200 million, Coco is the first ever film with a nine-figure budget starring an all-Latino principal cast. So there you go. Yay! Yay, Coco. Coco was a hit with both audiences and critics, grossing over 807 million worldwide and winning the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature and Best Original Song for Remember Me, as well as Best Animated Film accolades from the National Board of Review, the BAFTA Awards, the Golden Globe Awards, Critics' Choice Movie Awards, and the Annie Awards. It won, it won every, every dang thing. They did, and I was... The Oscar. For once, not the Oscar. I was I was happy to see this Pixar win a lot of things, and I would have liked to see one. this Pixar win the Oscar. What was it up against? I don't remember. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, look it Proceed. Up. In case it's been a while since you've seen it, Coco is the story of Miguel Rivera, great 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 grandson of a musician who left his family to pursue his musical career. Ever since, his family has hated music, forbidding it in the household, and instead becoming shoemakers. However, Miguel loves music, and especially that of Ernesto de la Cruz, the greatest musician in all of Mexico. When Miguel accidentally breaks the picture frame, holding a picture of his great-great-grandmother and the musician who left her, he discovers that the musician is holding the famous guitar of de la Cruz, and Miguel concludes that they must be related. On Dia de los Muertos, he goes to de la Cruz's mausoleum to borrow his guitar to play at a talent show in the Plaza de Mariachis when something goes wrong. His strumming of the instrument turns him into a spirit, cursed for stealing from the dead. He crosses the bridge to the land of the dead, where he must receive a blessing from his family in order to return home and discover the truth about his ancestors. Some magical alabrije creatures, a Frida Kahlo disguise, and a giant flaming papaya, Coco. It did win the Oscar. <laughs> it did, that's what I said. Oh, I missed that. I also missed that. <laughs> So we, so we went there and we said, so not the Oscar, and you were like, yeah, I'll just let them think this. Yeah, I I knew you would come around. I'm glad it beat Boss Baby. I've never actually seen Boss Baby. <laughs> oh, thank God for Did that. Should Boss Baby be on our list? Listeners. I don't want to. Chime in if we should watch <laughs> Boss Baby. I really don't want to either, but, you know, 
I would do it for you, the fans. Unkrich <laughs> <laughs> is gonna request it. <laughs> um, let's talk about the personality quiz. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. It was an official one from Oh My Disney, which made me expect a little bit more of it, but it was fine. It was fine. Hallie, how did you do? I did really well, actually. I am really pleased with my result. I got Hector. 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 Hang on, I took a screenshot, and it's and it's behind the cursed picture that I just took. And my garbage, where is it? I took a and they're next to each other. Where is my screenshot that I took of the little Hector results? Oh, hang on. I found it! You're Hector! Like Hector, you're a little bit of a prankster, but people can't help but love you. You are a loyal and warm-hearted friend, and if anything, your mischievousness keeps things from getting boring. That's me, I'm Hector. He's my favorite character. Yeah. So I'm happy. He's and, and one of the best, and you don't deserve to be him. I do deserve to. Oh, my Disney says I deserve to be Hector. Do you say mischievous or mischievous? Mischievous. Mischievous. Okay. Do you say mischievous? I don't think it's even spelled mischievous. But it's it's why is it? People do it. Do it wrong. I'll stab you in the neck. Uh, Chris, who did you get? How do you say it, David? <laughs> Depends on how I'm feeling. My my grandmother used to say Parmesan cheese. So that's the thing I say sometimes too when Parmesan. I'm feeling when I'm feeling like it. Today I was reading something and I in my head read it as New Orleans and I was like I never once in my life have said New Orleans. I always, I always say New Orleans, so I don't know what came over me. It's not the same, but it's not as bad as mischievous. Anyway, I got Dante. The dog. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, your positive energy can take you far. You're not afraid to take risks and run into things head first, especially if it involves food or fun. Probably because all of these things, I was like, food, yes. <laughs> I also got Dante. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also was like, oh, food. That, yeah. sounds, that sounds good. Food's, I love Dante because he reminds me of my dog. Very clumsy and always smiling. Dante is like, he's quite boneless. <laughs> he just like flops. I love the way Dante moves. Yeah. And like, he eats his whole foot. What's his whole foot? It's scary to watch. And, but and he's, I he's it. the Zolo dog. And I love those because mm-hmm. they look like they'll kill you. I really want one. But Dante does not look like he'll kill you. No. He just looks so friendly. Yeah. And I love when he clambers up to Miguel's secret little hideout and destroys everything on his way up. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Dante. Dante. That's, that's who we are. That's us. That's and you. Dante. I won. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so seeing it for the first time, I enjoyed this one. I like this one a lot. I was a little bit worried at first because the... The way the plot up is kind of, it feels a little cliche. It's like, child's family hates this one thing, but guess what the child loves? <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, yeah. And the way that they kept being cagey about the photo, I knew his father couldn't actually have been Ernesto. But I also didn't expect that Ernesto straight up murdered Hector. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. And, like, 
as we've discussed before, just because certain things are predictable doesn't mean it's a knock against the movie. It's just that, like, I in particular enjoy a movie full of things that I've never seen before, and Coco has that. Like, I love yeah. the spirit world and the Alabrides coming alive, and Frida Kahlo's whole deal. <laughs> the <laughs> cactus tears and the giant papaya and everything. Like, her, her cameo in the movie is quite good. Um, yeah, it's also... Okay, Hallie, did you want to say something? I was going to say that when I saw this in theaters, the second, well, not the second actor was introduced because you first see him trying to get across the bridge, but then when it pans over, as Frida, but then when he's in the um, police officer's like office, yeah. I leaned over to my friends and went, he's Miguel's grandfather or great-great-grandfather. And they looked at me like it was the stupidest thing I've ever said. Like, I, like their expressions were just so aghast and like, fuck you, you're dumb. And so, and then... That's just how they always look at me. I know, but this time was especially bad. And then during the scene where he was like, I just wanted to see my little girl in Santa Cecilia, I kept slowly leaning forward to see them, and they were slowly leaning back while I was trying to, like, make eye contact with them. And it remains... One of my top ten memories, being correct about Hector. <laughs> in Coco 2017. Coco 2017. Yeah. Just top ten. Look, even though I call him. <laughs> no, no, genuinely though. That one is, I think it's a super difficult twist. I, like, I don't think it's an easy twist to predict. I don't think it's that hard. But the fact that nobody believed me made it better. What? Where does the new garbage can rank on this list? I haven't decided yet. You know, I've sat with the Hector memory for a while. I haven't sat with the garbage can memory. I got a garbage can for my 30th birthday. That was my gift from my parents. <laughs> it's not a metaphor. It's something no, I asked for. I requested this garbage can because I broke my other it's one. It's more of a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what presents are now that you're 30. Now that 30. Yeah. I hate it. So I don't, I don't know where my new garbage can, but it was really a thrill to use my foot to open the lid tonight and throw things away instead of manually removing the plastic lid. Living it up. And then putting it back. Yeah, I am living it up. It's a nice looking garbage can. To, Thank you, To David. be honest. I sent them a picture. Yeah. She did not bring it with. I did not bring my garbage can with me. Next time. Maybe next time. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> Coco. Oh, yeah. Text it's you. also it's also kind of a different family movie than we've seen from Disney previously, at least on the podcast. Like, Coco's just kind of straight up, everyone you love will die. <laughs> and sometimes they'll even forget you exist, and you'll disappear forever. And then you die again. <laughs> but then also, like, here's how you keep memories of your past alive, even if your grandparents pass away. And, like, it's sad they're no longer with us, but at least in this one particular cultural practice, here's a reason for celebration. I don't, I don't know. It seemed like a lot of love kind of went into the project. And even if I didn't agree with all of the individual choices, especially involving the afterlife sometimes, I was a fan of the plot and the message overall. What choices didn't you like? There were a lot of cops in this afterlife. Okay, there were. I noticed that like, in this watch too. I was like, wow, there are more. There are more. There's, there's like, police. It's, police. Yeah. Skeletons it's, than I remember. The way back to the land of the living is protected by like 
TSA that bars you from entering with armed security if, if you're crossing over the bridge without your paperwork. <laughs> like, and, like, okay. your paperwork in this case happens to be a photo on the ofrenda. But, but, like... But like at least, like, the Magic Flower Bridge also stops you yeah. from going because, like, because Hector made it through it and just starts to get buried in it. Dumb Flower yeah. Bridge! Yeah, but then, like, like big security guys come and, like, drag him out of the I bridge. I mean, yeah, and, like, but, it, but at least, at least, I at least get the impression that, like, an outside magic force is responsible for the rules rather than some dead guy was like, what if the world of the dead had a lot of rules and we made that and forced, yeah. yeah. Like, at least get the impression this kind of thing sprung up around a pre-existing magical setup. So I was like, okay. Yeah. And the cops don't really do anything except for, like, chastise Hector for doing this again. You can't falsify yeah. a unibrow. Yeah, but then, like, Ernesto even has a giant party in his giant high-rise, which is guarded by personal security, so we can have people thrown out. And Ernesto sucks, but, like... <laughs> My conception of an afterlife would probably not have violently enforced social hierarchies. Well, this isn't your perception of <laughs> the I, afterlife. If I were building this world, we would have less of that. Like, they, why do they need TSA and the magical bridge that'll stop people from leaving? Couldn't they just have the magical bridge that'll stop people from leaving? No. No. Why? How else will they tell us that if your picture isn't on the ofrenda, you don't get to go? I'm sure they could have stuck that in somewhere. Like when he goes on the bridge and falls through, and they're like, well, Hector, no one's through, got your like, picture. He's oh, like, oh no. Friend, uh, Another guns. 90 years since someone had put my picture on the ofrenda. Curse you, Flower Bridge. I, another thing I'm curious about, and like, maybe, maybe you don't know, but like, how did the ofrenda thing work pre photography? Like, Certainly there was some way to remember if a family that didn't require well, okay. photographs. I right? had that question and then I just pushed it out of my brain. Because I didn't don't think about it. Yeah, just don't like okay. like I think that the story is so charming and from what I understand, true to the cultural practices of Dia de Muertos, so like I just really like the story they spun around that holiday and the lore they made up with like the ofrenda and stuff. I think it's really cute and I think it's really clever. And I think it's, like, finally a really good movie with non-white people in it about a yeah. non-white people thing. And that's just, it's good. Like, I'm, I'm it's great. It's great. So I it's don't good. think about the ofrenda pre-photography because it I was just curious. It wasn't matter. like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm against this cultural practice <laughs> <laughs> that has existed since the Aztecs. I looked it up a little bit. And Wikipedia has a good thing about, um... Like the traditional set, there's like three like tiers on an ofrenda. Mm -hmm. You've got like the picture, and then you've got like offerings of food and stuff, and then yeah. the candles and like things that everything represents. So they they represented that like pretty well in the movie, I think. With Coco um, Fresh on the Brain, when we walked in here, and there's like that little arch in the kitchen. I was like, that'd be a good ofrenda spot. <laughs> we're in. We're also we're recording in uh, the new Catching Up David World headquarters, which is my house. It's really exciting here. It's definitely yeah. haunted. I say that it is definitely haunted. We oh, saw a painting that's going to curse us if it has. Uh, it I took a picture of it. It might be haunted by the painting, uh, but once I get rid of the painting, it should be curse-free. Yeah, it sounds like the beginning of every horror movie. <laughs> yeah, if I do this one very simple thing, my life Let should me just drop this off, and then you come back in two days later, and you're like, hmm, 
in here. How'd that get there? We'll, see, oh, no, we'll no. see if the painting is still in the basement once I move in and spend the night here. Who knows where it'll be? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, first first night in the new house. I haven't even moved in yet. We're all in camping chairs sitting around the table because I don't have any chairs in this house. It's weirdly cozy. Yeah. Weirdly cozy, even despite it being like 55 degrees in here, because I also can't get the furnace to work. <laughs> I get it. weirdly so, cozy. I can't explain it. I know, listeners, I'm sure you don't care, but, <laughs> um, you know, if you do, there will be more house updates. Uh, Stay tuned. Stay tuned. David will catch you up I, yeah. on his house. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will have a lot, of, a lot of things going on with it. So, anyways, um... What was your favorite song from the movie? Mine, actually, it was not Remember Me. My, like, sort of mean thought was when everyone was like, oh, but that's his most popular song, and everyone's singing Remember Me a billion times. I was like, why? But then (laughs) when uh, he plays it on the guitar, does Hector play it slowly when he plays it in the flashbacks? And then when Miguel plays it, uh, then I really, really liked it. But slow and sad. Yeah, that's yeah. my jam. That's your uh, jam. Un poco loco was fun. And I like when the beat comes in and whatever uh, Mama Imelda was. Her name's Imelda. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever she was singing because it started slow and then it Not kicked into gear. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is fun. Jam. That's like a folk song, I think. Like what? a Mexican folk song. What? Yorona? Yeah. That's like, a, I don't know. I don't know how old it is. I don't want to say age it, but it's an old Mexican, yeah. like. Folktale slash legend. Well, I'm. I know of La Llorona. Oh, well, the, the song is the song is that one. Is it what the entity sings? How does this I work? think it's about the entity. What if it's both? It could what if the entity sings about themselves? I don't know La Llorona personally, so it could be that. You didn't watch that season of Nancy Drew, then, did you? You know that I did. Anyway, what was your favorite song? Boring. Um, I like, well, I should note, on the soundtrack, or one of the soundtracks, there are several, um, one of my favorite Latin music artists, Natalia Lafourcade, is, she does a duet of Remember Me mm-hmm. with um, Miguel, I think. Not Miguel, the character, but the uh, singer, singer Miguel. Yeah, I know of um, Miguel. But, um, yeah, she's great. And if you're into singer-songwriters, and unlike Kristen, will listen to music that's not in English, uh, Natalia Lafourcade. Why I, did you do that? <laughs> Expand your horizons. <laughs> <laughs> no, this Friday I'm going to re-listen to the Taylor Swift Red album, and I'm going to love it. <laughs> She's coming out with a 10-minute version of her 5-minute song. <laughs> and we have been waiting for a decade for this, literally. So, yeah. it will be in English, and I will feel no <laughs> badness. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I was about to be like, Hallie doesn't either. And then I remember that time I saw your Spotify wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest thing. <laughs> the thing is that when it showed like, well, you listen to a lot of music from different countries, 
the first thing that it showed me on that list was Maroon 5. What did you say? So international. I love that Spotify rap. I'm sorry, Jack, it was so cultural. It's actually really bad because I realized I found this out like two days ago. A song that is in Japanese. I don't know the name of it because it's in Japanese. <laughs> and I just really like it. Uh, I think maybe it's called like Believe Times Believe or something. It's one of those, it's a song with like a few English words here and there. Uh-huh. Um, um, and I have been jamming to this for months and I found out that it's actually the... um. Japanese theme song to Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc 5, the Pendulum Summoning show. You just found that out? I just found that out. You didn't find it out because you've been watching Yu-Gi-Oh! obsessively. Okay, well I'm watching Yu-Gi-Oh! GX obsessively. Generation X. Generation X. And then playing Duel Links obsessively. And, 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 then, and then I just happened to look up like the other Yu-Gi-Oh! series songs because I was, I was intrigued. And then I found the English version, and a different friend found, and our Ari, Ari, she listens to this show, she found the Japanese one, and was like, this is a banger, and I was like, oh no, you're <laughs> right, but I, this is a pre-existing banger. Yeah. And that's my story about Coco. <laughs> one song that I do like has a person from South Korea singing, in Korean, so there you go. There you go. Yeah. There yeah. I go. That's exciting. Everyone, everyone's got to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, sorry, that wasn't meant <laughs> as a personal attack like it came across. And <laughs> no, it <was>. kind of was. <laughs> um, I like Coco Loco. I like Coco Loco. I don't know if it was my favorite, but I liked the performance of it. Like the the, whole the way it takes it takes place in the movie. I was into it. Yeah, I like a lot of songs. I really, really love the techno song that's playing when the when he goes into Ernesto's party, the one that doesn't have lyrics and is literally just a beat in the background, but I'm really into it. Don't know why. I can't remember what it's called. It has a name, but I don't I don't remember that's what fair. it is. Sometimes it's just like one beat. I was watching just like real good Emma and there's one scene that has like a ten second clip of music. There's more music, but there's like a ten second bit that I rewound that scene over and over and then I looked it up on Apple Music and I don't care about the rest of the song, but you just, you get one little chunk and it sounds nice even if it doesn't have words. There you go. When I used to work at the, uh, one of the libraries, the the Aurora one, not the Geneva one, it was right down the street from this fantastic uh, taco place and they would always have music on when I'd go there for lunch. it all just turned to this channel called Bondamax, which is uh, only plays Bonda music, which is like uh, Mexican pop music, but everyone plays like tubas and like horns and stuff. That sounds like, amazing. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Instead of like, you know, there's no guitars or whatever, it's just like everything, there's no bass, it's just a tuba. There's a kind of going on, going on the so tuba. There's not enough brass in music these days. Yeah. Saxophones. <laughs> kind of, saxophones kind of falling out of favor. <laughs> I just, Trumpets. when you hear a trumpet in a song, you're like, wow, that feels good. 
Taylor Swift album. Not in the Rats. There might be. I hope there's. I'll let you know on Friday. I hope there's okay. some like good trombones and stuff. Yeah, let me let us know about the trombones. I will. And the trumpet. I will personally tweet at Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I just, where's the brass? Where's the brass, Taylor? Where's the brass? Coco. Oh wait, wait. Yes. But I really, I mean, Otto, this isn't. Everybody likes the sad version of Remember Me yeah. more than the poppy the poppy version. But like what is this? David <laughs> yells at me and then I'm like, I like the sad version more and you're and you're like, everybody likes this sad version more than the poppy version. <laughs> no, well like I realized that they got me good with that song. The way that they wanted to get audiences good, they were like, you know, it would be really sad if we made this a sad song, but like had everybody listen to like the happy version first. And I was like, God, I see what you did there. Cause I didn't call the song, I just called Hector. But like the scene where he's singing it to little Coco in like the flashback sepia tones. And then like, like I teared up a little bit. I was like, God, it's so nice. And then, and then when Mikel is singing it to Mama Coco, I, I cried a lot more than I thought I would since I've seen this movie several times, but I was uh-huh. like, it still hits hard. When I saw this in the theaters, I think it got me to tear up like four different yeah. times, and I was like, God! <sighs> this was a little misty at the end. Yeah. Yeah, the end is like, everything's really happy, but also there's Mama Coco's picture on your friend now, and like, yeah. This was one of my favorite movie theater experiences, not just because of the Hector experience, (laughs) but also because at the end, during like all the Remember Me choruses, you could just hear everyone in the theater like, sniffing, yeah, exactly, (laughs) and like, (laughs) showing a little bit in in their seats. And then when, um, when Mama Alea put up the picture of of Mama Coco, the whole theater went, oh! (laughs) Yeah, I think our theater did that. Yeah, it was just, oh! It was like a really nice collective audience moment. At the end of the credits, I didn't stick around for it this time, but they have like, everyone's, they have like a bunch of pictures at the end of the credits. I don't remember the context of it, but I remember that got me too, and I was like, this movie, man. Fuck this movie. <laughs> and I, I, I knew nothing about it going in. I just knew that it was out, and it looked really good, and I think I heard that it was really good, and I was like, yeah. I'll yeah, I'll go see it. And then... It was weird. The yeah. sound I made. I don't like that. Keep, keep talking. You interrupted me. Keep, well, I uninterrupt. Go. I don't remember what I was saying. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of Pixar's best. One of my top-tier Pixar's. I like that every time Twitter does some sort of like, here are five different Pixar movies and you have to pick one, or like, here's ten and you can only keep three. Lots of people always choose Coco. Oh, yeah, they, Coco. they rightfully understand that it is one of the best. Absolutely. I, I told my mom for years to watch Coco because it was really, really good. And she'd always be like, no, I don't want to watch Coco. And then, just like that. And then, like... A year ago. I think it was a year ago, because I think I was like, it's Day of the Dead, let's watch Coco, this is perfect. And then we finished it, and she's like, Kristen, that was a really good movie. And I was like, yeah, I spent like two years trying to get you to watch this. Because it's excellent. And I'm glad But at least she acknowledged that it was good. One of the only times in my Pixar won the Oscar. Wow. Yeah. And it's how Pixar you hate them. I'm sure Pixar 
Yeah, I, I also was... don't hate Pixar. I really <laughs> like Pixar movies, and I just wish they'd make more movies like Coco. Instead of you can't take back what you said. <laughs> I, I don't take back what I said. Disney frustrates me, and Pixar frustrates me. Scale one to ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's move on from my really sad note. It's <laughs> probably like an eight. All right. Okay. Good. I was. I was very. I was very pleased with with Coco. Good. I'm glad that. Um, like I said at the beginning, I was a little bit worried about how the story was going to progress and play out, um, and though I though I was sure that Ernesto was not ultimately Miguel's great great grandfather, I didn't see that it was Hector. Hollywood got me on that one too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, low flying aircraft. <laughs> Hindered gold. Yeah. <laughs> you hope not. <laughs> it just shows up at the door at the window. Yeah. I think I died. I just died right away. And the worst part, okay, so we're going to talk about the Mothman a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the things that stuck with me are one, that scene with when it attacks the car. Yeah. And two, that kid's drawing where it's like, Looking in the window, but also standing on the ground. Wait, is oh, this from the Richard yeah. Gere movie? Yeah. I didn't yeah. see that. Well, you should watch the Richard Gere movie. Don't tell him what to do. I said you should watch and, it. And three, there's a scene where, like, a door with a mirror on it, like, bangs. And, like, yeah. one of the times when it, like, flips back, you get to see a brief glimpse of the moth. Just, just a brief just, glimpse. Like, there he is. Tiny, like, you don't even notice it the first time, maybe. But, like, there's the there's that thing again. Um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot going on with that movie. That movie scarred me as a as a teenager. So I watched <laughs> so it. So Callie watched it, <laughs> and and I really enjoyed it. It didn't quite scar me, but I'm also not a teenager, so. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever seen like a real horror movie before, and I wasn't exactly sure what I was expecting. But and it's not even, it's not ultimately that scary. I've seen it since then, and it was kind of like, huh. That wasn't so bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. There are a few, like, really unsettling scenes. Yeah. That I didn't care for in a good way. But, like, injured cold, man. I have not stopped thinking about him since you told me about him. Good. I'll be, like, making cookies, and I'll be like, wouldn't it be creepy if that smiling man was here? (laughs) That's his plan. Yeah. Yeah. Just get people to talk about him. So we yeah. never stop thinking about him. I'll put him on the agenda. <laughs> <laughs> and then he can terrorize all the ghosts. No, he's not dead. You can't go up there. Oh, the ghost's not dead, but he made it into the afterlife. He wasn't supposed to, though. He was cursed. 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 Yeah. I really like that... Um, they were like, and no more music, and he was like, fine, and then he goes back and immediately takes the guitar, because honestly, same. Yeah, I respect it. If someone tried to be like, you can't do this thing you love, I'd be like, okay, I won't. Sure. And then I would do it. Immediately. Immediately after. That's why I'm like a 12-year-old. How old is Miguel? I don't know. He's 12. He's 12 or 13. Yeah. Around that age. Same. That's right. And then he immediately... Gets back to the after, yeah, and and, 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 and they're like, like really, <laughs> like 
two seconds and you've already broken your promise. Yeah. yeah. How did you feel about Family of Ghosts? I was really into them. I really like them. I wish we got to see more of the twins. Felipe and... Yeah, and then also the, the Victoria, because I kind of like that when all the others, uh, when Miguel wanted someone else who wasn't Mama Imelda to give the blessing, they also were like coward and hid, and she just like shook her head like, nah, son. <laughs> like, no, nah. none of us crossed Imelda. It ain't Imelda. me. It ain't any of us. And I liked her, and I respect, and even like her picture on the Afrenda, she looks like she's not messing around. No. no. And I would have liked to have met her. So would have been would have been fun if there was. I don't know. I I liked them all. Yeah. They're fun. They're cute. Yeah, I was into the. Uh, I I was though it it wasn't surprising. It was like one of those like kind of. Maybe was it. Surprising and inevitable. I don't know, but like it turns out, Mama Melda really into music still. Yeah. And just like had her heart broken and still into Hector. Um, I thought I, I appreciated that, and I did like her musical number, where she's trying to get away from security. Which, I, again, yeah. why is there security in the afterlife? Look, I don't know, but that is like <laughs> a really good chase scene again one of my yeah. favorite random shots from this movie is when she just picks up the microphone in her dress and starts walking yeah. the opposite yeah, way when they come on the stage it's so she's good. like no no we're gonna go over here yeah so why do you think the movie is called coco i actually i actually i was gonna laugh at this question because it's one of the characters' names, but I understand it. it's like why, why Coco? Because I I'm not interested if it's called Coco since since she's not the protagonist really. She's what links it all yeah. back, and she's not even like a deuteragonist. So she, yeah, she's like the connection. I she's really the puzzle piece. Yeah, I really like that it's named after her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I thought it was interesting because a Coco in Hispanic cultures is like kind of a boogeyman. It's huh. like a it's like a ghost monster kind of thing. Okay. From the Wikipedia, in Spain, Portugal, and Latin America, parents sometimes invoke the Coco or Cuca as a way of discourage. Cuca is a female Coco, as a way of discouraging their children from misbehaving. They sing lullabies or tell rhymes, warning their children that if they don't obey their parents, El Coco will come and get them and then eat them. It is not the way the Coco looks, but what it does that scares the most. It is a child eater and a kidnapper. It may immediately devour the child, leaving no trace, or it may spirit the child away to a place of no return, but it only does this to disobedient children. It is on the lookout for children's misbehavior from the rooftops. It takes the shape of any dark shadow and stays watching. So there's like a Coco in the movie. It's named after the grandmother, daughter of Hector figure, who's you know, losing her memories and ultimately, like, went up on the affronter herself. But, like, I don't know. I was I was thrown because I knew that and I'm going into it and I knew it was, like, Day of the Dead base and I was mm-hmm. like, maybe we got some ghost monsters. Yeah. But no, no ghost monsters. Yeah, ghost monsters. really like that other cultures always have stories to tell their children yeah. that are like, and then they'll eat you. And, yeah. like, they terrify the children and and they'll hate it. And I really like it because I feel like here in America we're too soft. <laughs> we don't terrify the kids properly. It's probably more of that like a hundred years ago. Yeah, I that's bet. true. 
I'm not we're... saying that like we should intentionally terrorize these children. You are but, like that, it's it's <laughs> you are kind of you saying, are kind that. Of saying that. It's fine. We can tell by your face that's what you're really saying. No. You look like you drink cold right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm summoning him. Um Yeah, I um I was into it being called Coco as well. Though there was that brief confusion about ghost monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I was glad that it was named after who seems like a secondary character yeah. that does kind of it's really nice. drive everything. Like, she's the one that um, sort of brings Hector's name back because she has the letters still. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, uh, Hector had been writing, in case you haven't seen it, Hector had been writing letters to his daughter that included the lyrics for all of the songs that Ernesto de la Cruz, the big villain of the the film, had grown famous off of. So since she kept those, um, Hector, who had been forgotten, is at the very end like immortalized and everybody's like, yay, Hector, he's actually the best. And Ernesto de la Cruz, yeah. he's the worst. Because um, he was the worst. So, yeah, Coco did a, did a lot of a lot of stuff for a, a character stuff. that um, seems, you know, secondary even like tertiary throughout most of the story. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. How did you How did you feel about Mr. De La Cruz, Ernesto? Yeah, I didn't expect him to be a murderer. He's such a good villain, and I really liked because I was thinking about it this time when I watched how. We're, we're hearing seize your moment as like make the day yeah carpe yeah. diem whatever and we're like yeah seize your moment and then you realize that to him seize your moment was like oh he's leaving with all my songs time to kill him and then it just takes on like a much darker turn even though he clearly doesn't need it for like every instance of like seize your moment <laughs> kill someone just knowing that that's like yeah. how he how got he to be it. so big yeah. is that at that point anytime anyone said seize your moment I was like don't know get those words out of your mouth Ernesto's a mean man I also noticed during my first theater experience <laughs> with Coco the way that um, after they get the guitar from Hector's friend who was forgotten immediately after that uh-huh. song, the way they linger on the two shot glasses as they leave the room, I was like, why are we lingering on Yes, this? I remember thinking like, they're showing alcohol in a kid's movie and lingering on the cups. I was like, this, this has no bearing on anything. And, yeah. then, and, then, and then, I don't know, I just think it's such a good foresha- instance of foreshadowing that's like barely even foreshadowing. It's just here's a thing like, I didn't know. I also was like, why are they lingering on it? Yeah. And then I thought, well, maybe it's just like, out of respect. Someone just died. Like, Again. It's, a, it's a serious moment. And I chalked it up to that. And then we understand with the drink thing later. We're like, oh. Also, Ernesto, like, how dumb is it to be? Like, I guess he didn't ever get caught. And he had no reason to believe that he would. But to just, like, blatantly rip off the murder you did. He kind of Hamlet's himself, right? Yeah, like, it's there's great. A, there's that scene in Hamlet where they go and watch the play, and the play is about the the dude doing the murder. The mousetrap. But, uh... That's what it's called. 
I don't know why I know that off the top of my head. The but play is called the mousetrap. Yeah, the play within the play is called the mousetrap. There you go. I'm pretty. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Twitter, tell me if I'm right. But not if you're wrong. <laughs> but not if I'm wrong. But uh, yeah. So it, it was it was kind of funny that he you know stars in a movie that has the exact scene of him poisoning his best friend with a uh, with a shot of shot of tequila. It is not called the mousetrap, <laughs> unless there's a different second name for it. <laughs> no, I swear it's called the mousetrap. It's entitled The Murder of Gonzaga. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm wait. looking it up. I'm also wait. I'm also looking it up. It j- I just keep seeing The Murder of Gonzaga, which is not. Why does Hamlet refer to the play within a play as the mousetrap? Because he intends to use it to catch a rat. Oh, that's not the name of the play? He just calls it the mousetrap? You lose ten points. (laughs) No, I don't, because I remembered that really specific reference for some reason. You lose ten points. Why is it called Did you ever have to memorize, like, a a soliloquy or something? No, thank God. They didn't make you guys do that? No, I did a couple times. No. We had to do um, Shakespeare flash mobs in a Shakespeare course that I took in college. Yeah, it's as awful as it sounds. That does sound. So you had to like just erupt into Shakespeare at some random point in time, and you had a group, so it was like four or five of you doing it at once. So that helped, but no. still, we were like, we we like we don't want to do this. And so many of us were like, class. yeah, so many of us were seniors. We were like, don't make us do this so close to the end. Like, <laughs> please. So, <laughs> we're almost free. And we're almost free. senior. People have like seen you and you're not going to get a reputation as like a weird freshman. It's like, just like, to be or not to be. Is that even Hamlet? That's Hamlet. That's Hamlet. Okay. Yeah. To be or not to be. Yeah. That yeah. is the question. That is the question. Whether it's a little minded. I don't know. Shakespeare. <laughs> I can do that whole soliloquy. <laughs> I still I'm remember so it. I still remember it from like it must have been middle school, and then we had to do it again in high school. I had to I had to do it twice. Yeah. I just I didn't like Shakespeare, and I still don't. And I remember my English teacher because I had a uh, No Fear Shakespeare book for Hamlet, and he even at some point was like, "Yeah, people come in here with their No Fear Shakespeare's. It's not that hard, guys." And I was like, "This is the book I had at home, so sorry." <laughs> And then, like, three different times, he'd be like, Kristen, is that, like, that's how I always interpreted this, but is that what it means? And I would check, and I'd say, yep. And bet he was happy to have no fear Shakespeare then. I don't like Shakespeare. Like, he's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> that, that Shakespeare. That Shakespeare. What a hack. Yeah. Sick of him. Yeah. But, Coco. like, clueless. <laughs> That's different. Is it, was it Clueless? No, it's Emma. No, I was going to say Clueless Emma, no. Emma which is Jane Austen. What was the one that we watched that was Shakespeare? One of those is Shakespeare. No, we didn't watch it. One of those is Shakespeare, though. Ten Things I Hate About, about You. Ten Things I Hate About You, which we haven't watched yet. No, but it's probably on the list. If it's not, it should be. Yeah. There was another one with Julia What's-Her-Face. The basketball movie that's based on Othello. Julia Roberts. No. Styles. Yeah. 
Julia Stiles is in She's a, in a basketball movie? Maybe it's not basketball. All I know it's is the Prince and Me and the Bourne movies. So there's um I thought she was there's are you thinking about the Amanda Bynes movie? Soccer? She's the man? She's the man! She's the man. Is that on our list? <laughs> I love She's the Man. She's, in, she's in at least one Shakespeare adaptation. Okay. That is a thing that was Othello. I don't know. This is more like a comic. I don't know. Literally, the, the only thing I know about Othello is that it's a game where you flip the tiles. <laughs> yeah. That, Usually it's called Go, but yeah, Othello. It's sold as Othello, but it's a it's a version of Go. On the iPhone, they call it Reversi. Yeah, that's a thing too. That's oh just God. what Go is. Mm-hmm. I think Go is on a bigger board and like maybe slightly more complicated, but yeah. okay, you're right. There is a there is moving the classic tale of Othello onto the basketball courts of a high school. The story focuses on a young man named Odin who was convinced by a conniving best friend that his girlfriend is cheating on him. That's that sounds like a fellow. What's it's that? called O. Oh. Just O. Like yeah. the letter O not like, like O H. And Julia Styles is in it? Julia yeah. Styles is in it? Yeah. Yeah. Quotation. Point for David. So like, yeah. You can look up that movie on IMDB because no. nothing else is gonna I come had to Google Julia Styles a fellow movie. Point for David. <sighs> And then she's the man. Which play is she's the man based on? Twelfth Night. That's what it is. I love she's the man. It's so good. Yeah, I've never seen that one. But Prime Channing Tatum. It's true. Yeah, I've actually never seen She's the Man all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces. I've seen the scene where she pretends tampons are her nosebleeds. <laughs> 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 That's all I remember. <laughs> Yay! It's there's uh, the actor who plays a gay character in that show has been in so many other things, and the thing is, for some reason, I never recognize him. I look him up all the time, and then I'm always like, "Oh, you're the guy who's in She's the Man." Except I'm always confused because somehow they like his frosted tips in that movie just. Mask who he is <laughs> <laughs> completely. Oh, that was a thing people did. Yeah, my brother did that. I he bet. The same effect, just yeah, it doesn't doesn't very, look very at hard all like the other pictures. Yeah. I believe yeah. that. Yeah, it's always, always been pretty easy to tell apart. To be honest, people still got us confused in high school, but that's because I don't think you've ever shown us a picture of your brother. I can't right now. <laughs> that, that, sounds so so that sounds just like I don't have a picture or next time that I can't right now that was like because you murdered him somewhere and his body's in the attic that's why not in the that's attic why. it could not be up there. it could not be in the attic floor thing it would the shoe thing the shoe thing you can, the shoe thing where I said he would hide a body oh He's in there. the closet yeah, yeah. No, that's just for shoes. It's exactly what a killer would say. But, um... We keep getting off track of Coco. This yeah, is like Coco. Coco. It's a great movie. I don't know why Coco this keeps deserves happening. better than what it we does. are currently giving it. Sorry, Coco. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't have a picture of my brother. 
The way you said that was also like you, can't, like you can't just say, oh, I don't have one right now without it sounding really, really creepy. I have, I can't right now. And <laughs> I don't have a picture of my brother. Like, <laughs> I'm really impressed with how you're trying so hard to hide something <laughs> and have it sound nonchalant. Is he in the fridge? <laughs> You brought your own water, right? What? You brought your own water, right? Yeah, I did. Okay, great. Because there's water in the fridge. But No, I I put the two dots together. Okay. I can't do that. Um What else did I want to talk about? (laughs) About actual cocoa. Um how did you feel about the twist that Ernesto poisoned Hector? Okay, well, we first we should talk more about Ernesto because we brought him up and then immediately started <laughs> talking about something else. Um, yeah, he's a he was a really good. I really loved when Miguel meets him for the first time, and he's sort of been set up. At least I was expecting him to be one of those like, I'm too famous for you, kid. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have any like you know. He's got security at his private tower. You're really apartment. hooked on the security. He has no place in the afterlife. <laughs> Anyway. Um, but he's just like, I have a great great grandson. And he's like really excited. Yeah. And like shows him around and, you know, introduces him to everybody at the party. He's just like, I'm like, I'm like though. Clearly You're trying so great. to he's connect like, the dots once he's like, hey, I'm your great great grandson. He's like really thinking about, he's Ooh. probably like, somebody. <laughs> who, who did, who, who had the first one? I, uh, <laughs> My thing, because, like, it seemed not too good to be true, but just, like, it wasn't going to happen that Ernesto was his great-great-great... I don't know how many greats there are here. uh, Grandfather. And I also, like you, didn't guess that it was going to be Hector, but I was like, nah, it's it's not Ernesto. And then it was when Miguel was like, "Was was it hard to leave your life behind? And then he didn't even, like, mention a family, and he was like, yeah, sure, it was hard to, you know, leave behind everything I'd known, but I had to do this. And then he was like, and what about your family? And then he was like, oh, yeah, it was hard to leave them too. I was like, yeah, no, you're, you're not the guy, because this, no. Clearly, you're just talking about just, like, in general, yeah, it was hard to leave your family behind, not your wife and daughter. And so at that point, I was like, ha, confirmation. And I like the very uh, sinister way that he's about to give the the pedal to Miguel and then it doesn't happen because Hector interrupts and then everything happens and then he's not even necessarily against I don't think Miguel going back because like what can Miguel do? Say oh Ernesto de la Cruz killed someone like they're not gonna believe him but then he thinks of the picture and he just like sticks it in his pocket yeah. and the way he puts it in his pocket is they're like, oh, F you, dude. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, he's a great villain. He's a great villain. Because he's, he's just like, he's your moment. He seems, he seems like fine to be like surface friends with. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're going to his party, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, it's our master. Sure. We'll chat for 10 minutes and like, ah, oh, cool. You're good at songs. But then, I, I don't know. I really I was really fond of the twist because I was like, oh, Ernesto was straight up murder factor. Okay, yeah. that's that's like really great stuff. 
yeah he he's got a much I don't want to say like deeper personality <laughs> of like being a murderer <laughs> but like you know he does he does seem like very two-dimensional yeah just two-dimensional and like like it seems like he doesn't have all that much going on outside of his fame mm -hmm. like everyone's there to like see him and he's really popular and everything but like he's so excited to think he has a great yeah. friend like it's like this is like a thing that's actually happened in his life that's not people giving him offerings and he's just got piles of food and guitars and whatever mm -hmm. and like you know it seemed like something something good had happened to him when he thought Miguel was related to him and then you find out that no he's just kind of his the worst bad, yep. bad bad dude although I was thinking this time when I watched it and he like decides he's going to murder Hector and I'm like you just have poison on you <laughs> right then and there when you pour the drink where did that come from <laughs> what was it he had clearly prepared apparently yeah. but it seemed like an impromptu conversation was he just like, oh, I got some rat poison here. Toss some of that in. I think it, I think I think it's probably. I know I'm looking, thinking about it too much, and we're not supposed to. This but, is looking too far into it, but Hector had clearly given indications he wanted to leave before. Yeah. So he, he was prepared like, for the inevitable. Yeah. I've trounced your argument. The thing not that really you never argued that doesn't need to be looked into. I posed into. a question. You're being really aggressive right now. You're being an Ernesto. And you need to bring it down. <laughs> I'm a Hector. Not with this attitude. I am. Because all my Disney says that I'm a Hector. Also, I love... Oh, no. We talked a little bit about how Ernesto just put his own murder plot in his movie. But I really respect that he put his own murder plot in his movie. Like, like what a move. Yeah. Like a like a sign from here's a here's kind of a cool way to tell the audience what happened without someone just saying I murdered Hector. Ah, ha ha ha. Like like it just it feels like such an in character thing for Ernesto to do, but I can't explain why because he's not he's not he's not that smart or he's, good at things. He's stealing from Hector. Again. Yeah. Like he doesn't have. Any original ideas? He's just no. It's probably this is a thing that he did. He's, he's just kind of like so he so he stuck it. He's not. Yeah. He's not. He's also probably like I got away with it. I can put this in a movie and they still won't catch me. Yeah, that's what I would do. That's what you would do. No, I'm smarter than that. <laughs> what was that um that documentary about the guy that? the guy that killed somebody and then like the very last scene he like admits it on an open like on a hot mic what was the name of that it was like a big deal because now he's in jail never mind it was on you've said like... so many strange things tonight and you've been right <laughs> all I, I can think all of them the... it's not on a hot mic it's not in jail but all I can see all I can see and think of is the Zac Efron one about Ted Mundy, but he doesn't admit it. No, no. There's like an actual documentary that they were making about this guy's life, and he's he's some sort of like millionaire or billionaire. Or something. OJ. No. But he 
he recently just went to jail because of it. Listeners, you'll know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh. Twitter, tell us what David's talking about. Please, I Ooh, want Greg. to know. Oh, Greg, <laughs> you're <laughs> listening. <laughs> tell us what David means. Um, creek. This is all we ask. You could, you could Google it and find out, but I'm not gonna make you. I'm gonna Google it. I don't know his what to Google. His first name is Robert. I don't remember his last name. Robert. His first name is Robert. Documentary about Robert. Robert. Yeah. You're just like yeah. Robert documentary. Killed a man. Killed. No, it's a woman. Killed a woman. Robert Durst. Yeah. Uh, the Jinx. The life and death of Robert Durst. Yeah. So there's this documentary called The Jinx, which is where I'm going to start after the edit, uh, <laughs> where this guy who's been like kind of shady his whole life, but also very wealthy, um, there was suspicion that he had killed somebody and these guys were making a documentary about his life and had been interviewing him and he'd been kind of sketchy and they brought up the fact that he murdered his friend or whatever. Yeah. And then he just kind of goes to the bathroom on a hot mic and like in the mirror is just like... Of course I did it. I killed them all. And that's like where the documentary ends. <laughs> and then um, that's what they, they used it as evidence in his trial. They were like, wait a second, you just admitted to murdering somebody. <laughs> yeah. That seems like a bad thing. And now he's in jail. Okay. So yeah. I vaguely remember hearing about this. It was a huge deal. It was like a huge deal, is all anyone on Twitter talked about for like no, a see, day. What that's the <laughs> lifespan of Twitter. For like um, a day, like several years ago when the jigs came out. But But another point for David. It just made me think of like I don't know. You it's like that one the one guy who was famous for uh, what is his name? The one who like I don't know if they ever got him for... Drew Peterson. For, oh, yeah. For did they ever get him from murder? But, like, three of his wives yeah. have just mysteriously vanished, presumed dead. And I'm always like, what? If you know that this person has a reputation of their wives <laughs> going missing, presumed dead, why are you still around them? Hypnotized. No. I have presented a credible theory <laughs> that you cannot disprove. I can. You can't. Give me 12 hours with a sleeve of Ritz crackers so I will prove you wrong. Why did you know I had a sleeve of Ritz crackers? You always talk about how you have Ritz. Okay. Maybe <laughs> that's true. You have until 8.49 p.m. tomorrow. To disprove my hypothesis theory, I'll bring you Ritz crackers tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Stay tuned for the harrowing <laughs> results. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. What else did I even want to talk about about this movie? <laughs> One thing we have flagrantly disrespected. One thing that I really liked about the movie, and I had mentioned we've talked about this at some point when discussing Coco mm-hmm. moons ago, is how the stakes at the end just keep getting higher. Yeah. Like, the sun is coming up. Miguel has to go home so that he can put the picture on the friend and he has to talk to Mama Coco, who's, like, dying and losing her memory. And also... And he's turning into a skeleton. Yeah, and he's turning into a skeleton. And it's not just that they have to do that, but they have to, like, get the picture. <clears throat> and then he still has to get the blessing from the family members. And then even once he's back home, he runs to go find Mama Coco... And so there's still, like, another thing, and then she's not remembering, and we're like, 
you can't know Hector can't be forgotten and just like every time there was already a stake they just kept making it higher and it was really stressing me out and I really I but like really, in a good way in a good way and I really love that like the actual climax of all that rising action is just playing the song for Mama Coco in yeah. the bedroom it's such a really powerful quiet scene which is why I cry during it yeah and I really I, I just really love that it boils up to that it's so good yeah I agree yeah I just have it's more like stuff. philosophical questions oh wait I have another one on Ernesto 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 I like that he got crushed by a bell again twice yeah. I don't know, that's just a really charming detail to me. Yeah. You could have killed him like any way, but no, he got crushed by a bell. Got crushed by a bell. Good stuff. It's good My stuff. My question. Does that kill him though? In the, the second time? Yeah. I don't think it no. does. Like, can you, you die can... in the. No, but then I was thinking, because no one cares enough to go after him, what if he just like stays under the bell because he's yeah. <laughs> in the bones? He can't move them. And everyone's like, where is Ernesto? I'm like, oh, he's under that bell. <laughs> <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't moved it. Yeah. It's been a couple of generations now. now. But uh, one thing that, like, I remember thinking after I watched it the first time, because, you know, clearly the people who are well-remembered look like healthy bones, and then the people who are... Healthy bones. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. And then you see Hector, who is, like, kind of uh, yellowish and becoming more brittle and whatnot. And I think... Okay, but can you undo that now that he's gonna be on all these ofrendas and like has a whole loving like do they will his bones gradually become more healthy? Is <laughs> he stay yellow? And I know that this is not important, but I really thought about it after I saw it. And every time I see it, I'm like, but is it? Are they gonna get healthy? <laughs> His bones look a little bit healthier at the end when he gets to cross. I was the really bridge. trying to like analyze his bones. <laughs> like I paused and I I didn't pause, but I sat closer to the TV. The way that you're doing now, with your hand under the chin <laughs> on the table, is this a reenactment? No. Okay. This is no. just me here now. Yeah, right. No I wasn't leaning on a table before. <laughs> I'm no bone scientist, but I would like to believe that his bones get healthier. This is the quiet laughter portion of the episode. There's always one. It comes in around an hour, hour or so in the booth. She just like lifted her head up the table. I was like, I wasn't on a table. And I don't know why it was. So funny. It was. But I want to say that I really, I really like Hector's face when he's about, he's, he's so nervous when he's about to go through the weird TSA line and then when he's about to step on the bridge because he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. think he's going to make it. He's never made it before. I'm sad and I'm so happy for him at the end and I cried a little bit too. I was like, Hector, you got to go back and see your family. And I love when he takes the ghost guitar out of Miguel's guitar and plays along. I don't know, it's just, it's really pleasing. I really like the way they show the ghost yeah. making the things because you're like, 
you're a ghost skeleton. No matter how healthy <laughs> your bones are, you can't grab that bottle of wine. But they do. <laughs> Janky Hector is. That's really janky. Janky, like like in like in comparison to all the healthy bone skeletons. Like it's not yeah. just that his bones are like a little bit yellower. It's like the way that he moves is just it was different. Poison by some chorizo, and the chorizo was his friend Ernesto. There's <laughs> <laughs> no way. There's no way. Repeat what I just said. <laughs> No, I was just I was giving a reason for the way he walks. Yeah. yeah no, but you said it is if I tried to is if I tried to be like the way he walks is bad and there's no reason for it. No. Which is not what I said at all. No, it's not. I like when Miguel imitates his walk. Yeah. He's like, I don't I don't walk like that. Miguel's like, Yeah, yeah, you do. But it's also a really cute way where be like skeletons don't walk that way. And he's like, Well that's how you're walking to show that Hector was a very unhealthy skeleton. Yeah. It's just a nice I agree. A nice moment. I agree. Uh, I appreciate it when Hector does like the, the hacky sack kind of kick. Yeah. Kicks his head back up. It's I cool. appreciate It's not a original skeleton thing to like put your bones back together. Right. But I appreciate the little hacky sack kick. But it's like, it's, it's cute. They're getting in the vibe. They're like, this is what you want to see skeletons do. Yeah. We're going to give you the skeleton content. I can't remember. Did <laughs> they... Clearly come for <laughs> I can't remember. Did they all have... Because, like, Hector, you could see he had, like, colors and whatnot on his on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, did they all have that? Is it almost like tattoos, though, where you don't inherently have, like, bone tattoos? And you can, <laughs> like, decide to get them? Because I, I don't I remember. Think everyone has kind of. But I don't remember the shorter guy family member, Papa or, or the the twins having it. I don't know that everyone has them, but like. So it's like tattoos, and bone tattoos. Maybe it's how yeah. healthy your bones are. It's just some people. Some people got bone colors. What would Joan the Fleet think of Coco? Joan Joan Cinema. Scott. If you want to know more about Joan Cinema, that's really all there is to it. <laughs> but uh, you can listen She's to the Shoplifters episode. She's the flea that lives in the door that's made of the six. But it opens six. Yeah. This was all of the last episode. <laughs> Joan would really like Coco. I can see that. Yeah. Joan would think it's fun. I agree. Yeah. The only other questions I have are things like, are there things in your life, like Mama Imelda's bad on music, that you feel your family is not supportive of? (laughs) (laughs) Those are the big questions. Yeah. Um, No. No, not immediately. <laughs> you don't have any like things that your family is like completely against. This is not at all the same. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was in school, I was really annoyed because it seemed like at least 
half the kids who went to school all did soccer and I did not do soccer. So whenever it got to the soccer unit in gym class, I felt especially inadequate because everyone knew what they were doing and they were good at it or at least like passable and I was not. And I mentioned it to my parents once and I was like, it's just annoying. I don't even like wish I had played soccer. I just wish I knew because everyone else seems to know. And my mom was like, oh yeah, you don't play because your dad hates soccer. (laughs) She's like, he just, he hates it. And so he said he would never be enrolled in it. (laughs) And so none of us played soccer because my dad hates soccer. I don't remember why. So it's not at all the same because Miguel's like really into music and I'm sure if I was really into soccer, it would be fine. You didn't have like a secret. No. Every now and then I would just like ask my parents question like, or parents, parents questions like, what if, what if I just did this? They'd be like, well, it'd be kind of weird, but you know, we support you. Yeah, that's nice. That is nice of them, but like, for the purpose of this question... (laughs) boring answer for me to be like, nah. <laughs> I can see your your parents being pretty cool about you doing most things. They're pretty chill. Yeah. How about you, Allie? Nothing forbidden. <laughs> but things are frowned upon. <laughs> or like when I was little, my mom just didn't, and still doesn't, I suppose, get Pokemon. <laughs> so she'd be like, they fight each other? And I'd be like, yeah, it's Pokemon bad. And she'd be like, okay, but why can't y'all be friends? And I was like, they are friends, mom. And she was like, but they fight each other? And I was like, yes. I still don't understand what is not to understand about Pokemon <laughs> from that. But she didn't get it. So she would, like, comment on things that she didn't like that I liked sometimes. Mm. Or, like, Powerpuff Girls I enjoyed. And she was like, they look weird. And she's not wrong. They do look super weird. As an adult, I can look back and be like... Yeah, our girls look super weird. My mom didn't like Pokemon, and she just didn't get it. So she tried to limit the Pokemon that I, like, played and watched and took. Like, she would take away my stuffed Pikachu when I was bad, which is, like, not banning you from doing something you like. It was just a punishment for being a brat. So that's a little bit different. But she clearly didn't like it. And then other cartoons that I watched. She wanted me to watch Care Bears. Nobody watched Care Bears when I was a child. That was like a thing for my sisters, you know, not Yeah, that was not more, for me. Like I watched Care Bears, but when I was like five, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just she was like, Why don't why isn't Care Bears on? Like, I don't know, Mom. I don't write the TV. Like I don't I don't know. And then there was like a really specific instance that I still remember where I was watching Scooby-Doo and my sister came into the room and every single time my sisters would come into the room while I was watching something I would like I would get nervous and just give them the remote and be like you can watch whatever you want because I knew they didn't like the things that I liked to watch but this night I really really wanted to watch Scooby-Doo so I didn't say anything and then I got to my favorite part of the episode I was watching and my sister was like, can we change to something else? And I had been so nervous and keyed up about it that I just flipped my lid after she said <laughs> that and was like, no, I really want to watch this episode of Scooby-Doo and you always do this. And then I got in trouble because I was a brat to my sister instead of people being like, wow, this is a sore spot for Hallie. Maybe we should address it. <laughs> so whatever. 
So my family's never outright banned things. They're very supportive. I love my family very much. But so, but when I was younger, <laughs> I often felt like I couldn't do the things that I liked. I can see that. Yeah. I think that might be a product of having much older siblings. Yeah, that might that just, just might be a side effect. Yeah, I don't know. I only have I only have one brother, and he's a twin, so. I've never had that experience, but we just fought all the time. <laughs> so, just just constant battling. So I can't imagine that. Oh yeah, we both took karate for like three months. Fun, just like <laughs> chopping then, each other. And then we just like kicked each other a lot. Yeah. Um, Did your mom pull you out of karate because you two just kept kicking each other? I don't remember. I mean, we were we. We would always play like Ninja Turtles or Power Rangers or like, mm-hmm. you know, entertainment in the 90s was yeah. basically just kicking each other. That's <laughs> yeah. just how it all kind of came together. So, um, yeah. I don't know if there's anything that we banned outright either. There were things that my family made fun of me for, and then I went on the harbor issues about for like the rest of my life <laughs> but um give me an example there was nothing i was really into magic tricks as a child magic tricks are so cool though yeah i really wanted to be a mag- uh, magician but um my dad's side of the family especially was uh they teased me and i've always been like really bad at being teased like just don't do it. Just don't do it. I feel it. bad. <laughs> <laughs> tease me, I guess, but I'll feel awful. <laughs> if that's what you're going for, I mean, sure. The but, good job. Yeah. But, so I try to show the magic tricks and then they'd, like, make fun of me because I either wasn't good at them, which, like, is a lot of it. I was, like, eight or, like, you know. But that's on them. You should still, to the eight-year-old who's doing a magic trick poorly, be like, this is super cool. Yeah, magic tricks. They're great. I was at a graduation party this summer, and my cousin was showing us magic tricks. And she would be like, does anyone want to see? And I I was trying to do the thing where I let other people jump in and not have me stealing the show. But no one else was jumping in, so I was always like, yes, Leah, I do want to see a magic trick. <laughs> I, I'm always down to see magic tricks, no matter how poorly or skillfully they're done. Did I tell you that my dad, when he was younger, was sort of friends with this guy who's now a magician in, like a professional one, in Tennessee. And when we were in Tennessee several years ago, we went to his magic show. And I don't know if my dad, like, told him that we were going somehow, or if he just recognized us in the audience, but then he pulled up my mom on stage to do a magic trick where he took her wedding ring and put it in one of the like uh not gumball things but like a gumball thing where it has the little plastic containers and the gumball lids. things but like oh, a gumball yeah. thing and uh had to you know put like a quarter in it and then took it out and it was not her wedding ring it was a thing that had another quarter in it so she opened it and then she put it in and then it was her wedding wedding ring and then she put it back on and she still is like I have no clue how he did it absolutely none and then we got to go to his house afterwards and it was the coolest house I've ever been in I bet yeah magic lots of fun magic things whenever whenever you get real into magic tricks I'm sure that transfers to every other part of your life (laughs) yeah 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 I had a bunch of like magic kits 
and like um, like pre-made tricks that mm-hmm. like you know I had one that involved the wedding ring in fact you put it in this little in this little like box or whatever that had a hole through it mm-hmm. and you put it into this other like larger rectangular box mm-hmm. and put it in there and then you had a little tiny sword and you stuck the sword through mm-hmm. and you went and you went like through the plastic box is mm-hmm. the illusion and then you lift it out and you've got the wedding ring on the sword oh. who knows how that happens cool. That's fun um it was a great trick nobody could ever figure it out we had magic kits when I was younger, but I was too impatient to learn anything. Yeah. And I would try it once or twice and be like, I'm not good at this, and then stop. I was really bad at anything that involved skill. <laughs> um, like, sleight of hand, I'm no good at. Like, I, I've tried and failed at, like, the false shuffles, where, like, you can mm-hmm. shuffle a deck of cards, but it actually stays all in the same order. Yeah. Um, can't do that. <laughs> I was going to be a ventriloquist for a little while hard <laughs> very difficult um, yeah so I I but as a child I had a lot of enthusiasm for this and wanted to share it with my family and they did not share this enthusiasm well that was so, rude of them yeah it wasn't it wasn't banned exactly but I took it personally <laughs> it didn't receive a warm welcome it didn't receive a warm welcome so um, because I was not supported I can't do magic tricks <laughs> Remind me to tell you guys later about my dream that had a ventriloquist dummy in it. Okay, you don't want to share with them. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal, I just, I don't think people will care. <laughs> okay, I'll ask you later. Okay. Um, yeah, that is like Mama Imelda. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Mama Imelda. Yeah. Let's see. Passing down. Though, if I ever have a family, I will be very supportive of anything my children want to do. Unless it's Ouija boards. They're not doing that. <laughs> no. That's a big old no. They want to get into black magic. I mean... No, black magic is fine. No Ouija boards. Okay. Probably no voodoo dolls. Everything else from, is like, fine. There was a poet who's like very... Like as far as poets go, like he was like a pretty big deal and pretty famous. E.E. E. Cummings. No. Right. Um, but he wrote a whole book that was done through automatic writing with a Ouija board, and he like conversed with different spirits. And um, I'm into that. I'm later into in his that. life, he was like, "Actually, no, you shouldn't mess around with it." Like he was very seriously like, "I I did it and talked with the spirits and stuff, but like, don't do it. You it's don't really mess with you. Ouija boards. You don't, do it. you don't invite that Ouija board poet." Um, yeah, and then tell me who it is, because that sounds really interesting. But you don't do it. You ju- you, No. I don't even think I believe in it, but like you don't invite that in. Yeah. James Merrill? Yeah. Yeah? That's him. Point for David. I can't remember You're anybody's names tonight. I can't remember anybody's names tonight. It's but. to make up for the like 10 that Hallie lost. Yeah. The what? Remember you lost 10 because you got them into the play with the play. <laughs> <laughs> I am a little bit ashamed about that, so I'll take the negative ten points. Because you were very like, see, I remember. Yeah, I was. I was real like, I'm an English major. (laughs) I recognized a Shakespeare, just a Shakespeare. And then I was me. One Shakespeare, please. (laughs) And then I was me, and I said, "Let's prove Hallie wrong." Yeah. It was great. 
Is there anything else that we should talk about with Coco? Uh, the animation was just super pretty in yeah. general, and I really liked all the bright colors. Things aren't colorful mm-hmm. enough, like obviously Disney Pixar movies typically are, but Have I don't you know. ever seen like Alabrides in person? Like at an art museum or whatever? No. I think the was the art institute the art institute might have a collection of them. Okay. But um, some I've definitely seen them, but I feel like I've seen them in Chicago. I don't okay. know where. It might it might also be the Field Museum. Alright. Um, it's been a couple of years since I was at the Field Museum. Art Institute, I've been to more recently. It's but I feel like there's some exhibits show, right? that just like I consistently don't go to. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm actively avoiding them. It's that we're always like on our way to go see something else. Yeah. And then it's as we've already decided that we're tired and we're hungry and we're leaving that we pass something and we're like, oh, it looks cool, but right. my feet hurt. Yeah. So maybe it's in that. Well, it's one of those areas. One of those areas. Yeah. But they're beautiful. Yeah. And I liked when Dante got all of his little colors. Yeah, Dante that was fun. turned into a, a spirit guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm so happy for him. He which is like fun, because guy. those dogs are known to do that. Which I think someone said in the movie. But I thought she just meant, like, dogs in general. But then when I really got into these Zolo, Jolo, whatever dogs. Yeah. yeah. They have a long name. So I'm going to call them Jolo, because it's so much easier to say. Yeah. You've seen them, right? Have you seen them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. They look like Dante. Yep. I just really like Coco, and everybody should watch it. You can tell by the way we didn't talk about the movie. Okay, well, I just... <laughs> we, we tried. We did our best. It's really good, and if you were listening to this having not seen Coco, and you're like, wow, the fact that they talked about other things must must be because Coco wasn't very good, that's wrong, and you should go watch Coco because it's very, very good. Maybe Coco was so good that we didn't know how to talk about it. Yeah, maybe that. So we just that, defaulted to other topics. Yeah, I mean, most of an episode of Catching Up David is you two yelling at me for my bad opinions, but I, I even enjoyed this one. This yeah, you didn't have yeah. this. So... Yeah, I mean, that's a bad opinion. You gave this one a good rating, which was correct. Although so, I was expecting an eight and a half, if I'm being honest. Okay. Well, yeah. You know. Joe and Cinema gave it an eight point three five at least. Yeah. So. You're we should all try to be on par with Joe and Cinema. You're a little bit under Joe. <laughs> one um one last thing I wanted to note before we move on to the next episode. Is that when Miguel does his best uh, grito, when he's warming up for the performance yeah. to play uh, for Ernesto? It reminded me of a noise Hallie would make. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that when you said it, I almost just responded by making one. <laughs> but then I thought, no, you can't make one of those sounds. Do it. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an empty house. It can be like as loud and weird as you can. You can. I don't have any but neighbors. It's for, but they are listeners. I don't have any it's neighbors. Fine. This is for David. We'll edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No one will hear. No one will hear except us two. This is like when I had to do my Pikachu impression and then I couldn't do it anymore. But I promise it's really, really good. I thought you were going to bring it back to... Your shapes for your flash. <laughs> <laughs>
This is the dog. What the dog is based on. I know. I've seen them. I don't believe you. Okay. I'll show you the picture too. Yeah, there it is. I like that they look like they would kill me. It's they like do, they do look dog. like yeah. tombstone dogs. Wait, wait. Stefan is a tombstone <laughs> dog. That dog. A dog that's also a tombstone? That or is just around a tombstone? <laughs> kind of like how you see the Mothman and Ingrid Cold near each other. Yeah. You're like, gonna see a tombstone, gonna see a YOLO <laughs> dog. Yeah. Alright. It works. Which one's which? You <laughs> <laughs> gotta pick. Which one's which? I don't understand your question. Which though. one's which? <laughs> the one's a tombstone, one's a tombstone dog, and they yeah. go together. No, but one's the Mothman and one's in the cold. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Mothman is the dog, and Indrid Cold is the tombstone. Don't give David that look. It is not the other way around. It's the other way around. Because the dog, I guess this dog When's is the last the time you saw one of these dogs? <laughs> <laughs> like five seconds ago when you showed me a picture. In real life. When's the last time you saw one of these dogs in real life? My neighbor might have one, but they might Wait, what do you mean might? <laughs> do they have one or do they not? They have a black dog that looks like it of indeterminate breed. I have yet to do, to narrow it down. But you see tombstones all the time. And a lot of people know more about Mothman than they do about Indrid Cold. So that's how that logic pans out. Yeah. This is how I felt when you were describing the doors on the numbers and showing cinema. It's wrong. Your logic is wrong and it's roundabout and I don't understand it. I don't remember. We were talking, like you said, it was an open six, but I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, well, for next time. (laughs) Remind me what an open six is. Please. Yeah, it's open at the top. It's like a sunflower. Oh, it's like, it's like it could become a seven at any time. Wait, it's, it's, so it's like when the numbers are in a row like this, okay. not like this. Yeah, I had it like this, and I was like, it's at the top. And you had it sideways. And we never really specified. So we were like, why would the door be there? And then I don't know why Joan Cinema lives in the numbers, but she does. <laughs> Joan does. We don't question it. We just appreciate that she spends time with us. Yeah. Anyway, I can't make a Greco. Is that what they're called? I feel like I said Do it that. right now. What? Do it right now. I just said I can't. I need you to <laughs> You have to. Here, I'll look away if that's pressure. There's so much pressure now. There is. I'm trying to think about how Hector does it when he's showing <laughs> when he's showing Miguel how to do it. I did just watch this movie very recently. <laughs> <laughs> it started strong. It really did. Like, yeah, they didn't, I don't know what the. 
A noise I've heard before, but I don't want to. <laughs> That was the coffee barista Pokemon. Yeah. I'm gonna master it with Nico and I'm gonna do it in our next episode. Oh, what? As in, uh, uh, what the shout is called that I keep saying wrong. Grito. A Grito! I had one letter wrong. Grito. I will master a Grito and I will do it as an homage to Coco because we spent so little time on the Coco episode talking about Coco that at the beginning of the next one we'll talk about Coco and I'll do my Grito. Great. Sorry, Coco. Yeah, so for next time, Charlie is a 30-something former Navy midshipman turned local news reporter with a heart of gold and an unshakable love of the sea. That is, until one day, out on the water with his friends from childhood, a terrible storm rages off the coast. Their tiny boat is lost, and Charlie is the only survivor able to keep himself afloat on the door of the cabin, which is only large enough for himself. Racked with grief, Charlie throws himself into his work, winning awards for his reporting, and even getting a spot as one of the local news one of the nightly news anchors on the local TV station. Due to his nautical tattoos on his forearms from his time in the service, his co-workers call him the Anchor Man. And that, too, is named the sad <laughs> Triumph of the Human Spirit movie that we'll be watching for next time. Will Charlie finally overcome his demons and enjoy a fine summer's regatta again? Or will he be haunted forever, unable to see the ocean without thinking of that fateful day when everything changed? I don't know anything about it. I guess Will Ferrell's in it, but it's one of his serious movies. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. when he yeah. was trying to be a serious actor. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's like Lego movie. <laughs> in that Will Ferrell is in it. You've connected with that and it's And it's kind of sad. Yeah. Anchorman. 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 Yeah. That's that's next time, but tune in to hear Hallie's Grito, because <laughs> again we'll be starting the episode with that, and it will certainly be one of the highlights of the show. So um, it'll be memorable. Yeah, I'm gonna practice at home. I'm gonna give Emily no warning. <laughs> yeah, no explanation. Yeah. Greedoing from my room. <laughs> Greedo- oh, Greedo- <laughs> yeah. Um, I wish I could do that. I can't make noises like that. Like yodeling? I'm actually pretty into yodeling. That's not a yodel. Oh, no, yeah. that was. Why is this not surprising? <laughs> I know. Like she said yodeling, and I was like, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's cool. It's a cool thing you can do with your voice. That's true. Um, there's a song that plays on the radio sometimes because I only have a radio because I don't have a smartphone. Um, it's your own phone. But yeah, it's uh, by the Georgia Satellites. It's got a little bit of a, not quite a full on yodel, but it's got a little bit of a yodel in it. And I appreciate it whenever it comes on. It's a little bit of a yodel. A little, a little bit baby of a yodel. yodel. Yeah. So, Gritos, yodeling other strange things that we're going to do with our voices uh, while talking about Anchorman. That's all for next time. (laughs) And until then, so long, Hallie. Farewell, David. Good night, Kristen. Good night, David. And good night, listeners.